1: Midnight have returned with Let There Be Witchery. Since 2003, one-man band Athanar has been churning out an ungodly racket, dropping countless demos, splits, and EPs. Music to start fights to, delivering more of what can be expected from his demented mind. Don't miss this catchy mixture of black and speed metal and dirty punk rock. I always wanted to be loud and nasty, Athanar asserts. That kind of thing never gets old with me. How funny will that look to me at age 77 if I reach that point, sitting on the porch blasting Hellhammer? Let There Be Witchery is coming out March 4th. Check out music, pre-orders, and more at MetalBlade.com slash Midnight. One more time, guys. Midnight's new record, Let There Be Witchery, is coming out March 4th. Go pre-order it right now at MetalBlade.com slash Midnight.
2: It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts Petra Speich,
1: Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everyone out there? It is I, your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by the sometimes huggable, sometimes get the fuck away from him, and but most of the time in between. Wow, that just pretty much said I'm just there. Uh, you could call me Brandon <laughs> Hahn. 'Cause that's what's on
3: my driver's license. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch.
1: <laughs> and also the amazing oh, amazing Jonathan passed. I just got sad. Oh wow. What, what, what oh, was I can't enough. wait to introduce
0: myself now. I'm yeah, so excited.
1: Right. Oh here we go. What a bridge. <laughs> go ahead. I got sad. Go ahead
0: all right well uh unfortunately for pete i'm alive and amazing jonathan is dead but i'm jocelyn sharp you can follow me on uh instagram twitter everywhere at jocelyn sharp that's j-o-z-a-l-y-n sharp like a sharp knife or if you want to see me uh cry do thirst traps and yell at guys who hate fat chicks you can follow me on TikTok, wizard of jaws
3: i also want to thank pete for just starting you off like and we got the other uh the amazing he starts off with me with huckable and get the fuck away from him that's yeah Right in between there. You know, well, I was going to give her a negative. negative.
1: I was going to oh. give her a negative, and I got sad. Oh, wow! Well, so you I go. didn't complete it. I was going to give her a what? positive and a negative. What I'm, what I'm doing? What's this my negative, thing? Pete. None, none. Well, That's uh, what I, I thought. Did, you That's said what I thought. Are you crying on 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 on, uh, on social media? <laughs> yeah,
0: all
1: the time. That's your. What's your, your negative? negative? That's your negative. What's your, ne- <laughs> <laughs> What's your negative, Jaws? Yo, attitude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the amazing and sometimes crying on social media I don't know so. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's a rain. You,
0: two, you two pussies are lucky we're not in the same room right now yeah, no, kidding.
1: Hey, no kidding I'm, I'm tough from, from way back here and also guys very, very <laughs> confident make sure to follow our other co-hosts that's Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on uh, Twitter and Instagram if you guys want to follow me I'm at Rise to Fan on Facebook and Twitter Rise to Fan Official on Instagram this week back on the show uh, legend Love him. one of my favorite peeps on the word. Kirk from Crowbar, obviously all also of Down reunited back with Down, but we're here to celebrate Crowbar's latest record, Zero and Below. It is coming out March fourth, guys. Make sure you're pre it, picking it up, fucking love it. But before we jump into the interview, we always like to talk a little shit about the metal sucks news.
2: Here
3: to tell you what you need to know Metal Sucks News Who is raping in upcoming shows? Metal Sucks News Dig your deep just to get the scoop Metal Sucks News Fill your head with the media's poop
2: Now that we have your attention Lend us your ears the Metal Sucks News controlling my thoughts Will it make you happy or fill you with fear? Guide or the Lost
1: Come with us. Well, the first story I want to talk about, because this is kind of a this is strange to me. This is strange to me. Um Cannibal Corpse fans went and saw Cannibal Corpse on their recent badass tour with Whitechapel, Revocation, Shadow of Intent. Go out there in North America, pick up tickets if you're doing it. Um but there's a video of Cannibal Corpse fans chanting, Fuck Chris Barnes the original Cannibal Corpse singer. Um, And I find it strange, not because Chris Barnes' behavior doesn't merit people chanting, fuck, Chris Barnes, but just because it's like, have I ever seen, uh, I guess, an original lead singer getting the fuck you chant? This is pretty crazy to me. Are you guys with me? Well, it's like, um,
0: we've been talking for a long, long time, many years now, about how irritated we get about band members leaving and bands trying to continue after a certain point point. and especially a lead singer like i've never i can't in my head right now think of literally and since i've seen this and i saw this video on tiktok like the night it happened i cannot think of a time where there was a band that lost their lead singer other than kill switch engage but i think that's different that the fans stayed with them
1: Oh, I mean, well, no, they do. I, you're right, but but the they're always clamoring for the original guy, which I don't think is the case for Cannibal Corpse. However, you still have this like those are the classic death metal records, the ones with Barnes on there. Yeah, right? it's so a, it's like it's like and they're playing the, songs ends. off those records live. So it's like uh, I don't know. I, go ahead. What do you gonna say, Brandon? I was going
3: to say, it's amazing to see the fans be like, "Uh, yeah, we were with you in the beginning, but uh, you're making me want to puke now. So it's it's pretty wild to see that kind of that shift.
0: But this may be the metalhead in me saying this, but I think that this is one of those rare cases where the band's name is bigger than the members. And not that the members aren't important, but Cannibal Corpse is kind of an institution.
3: So I believe you're right on that. I think that. With a name like Cannibal Corpse and the t shirts that they go out there, when somebody wants to look metal, or especially when posers want to look metal, they could just put on a Cannibal Corpse shirt. And some people <laughs> okay, just 14 year old Brandon. I'm just saying they could put on a <laughs> Cannibal Corpse shirt, and you're like, well, okay, at least you know a little bit about the underground. <laughs> <It's kind> of, <laughs> Brandon's out here
0: hitting hard, calling out the posers. Yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're all trendy and stuff. and And you definitely have to. Like you said, keep in mind Chris Barnes' actions and the way he's been treating. He kind of he's kind of egging it on with the death metal community. I mean, most recently he did say something that he was uh, physically ill when he watched like a roundtable discussion with you know modern day death metal guys. Corpsegrinder was on that roundtable, and so was uh, Chase from Gay Creeper and a bunch of other guys. But I think that was where the backlash came in to where they're like, "Fuck it, he doesn't give a shit about this scene anymore." And I mean, you know, so well, maybe it's more personalized towards him than I'll be honest, the the, uh, the band that he helped create or whatever i'll be honest like
3: i i understand why you know if he's listening to death metal and i understand him being hypercritical uh because you know he was one of those institutional bands has been doing it for so so long and when you hear the evolution sometimes it doesn't just sit well within your ears you know what i mean
1: i mean i think that's fair uh Jocelyn, do you think that he just is just like there's only one kind of death metal you can't get creative with it and all this other bullshit yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, you're not
0: talking you know that i don't think like that no you, I, I don't everyone but- every metal sex member every fan knows that i am the fucking queen of listening to all genres experience all music watch all film and take all art And especially when it comes to metal, like the fact that anyone who claims to be a metalhead would try and gatekeep what the definition of metal is based on what metal is created for can fuck off, in my opinion, just truthfully. Like if you're trying to gatekeep until other metal bands and and um, I mean, it's not like Taylor Swift is (laughs) claiming to be metal. You know what I mean? It's just weird to me. To like try and draw these lines when the entirety of metal is built on this railing against norms, railing against what the gatekeepers say you should be railing against the box music was putting people in makes no sense to me.
1: So in essence, what Jaws you're saying is that you would have chanted fuck Chris Barnes at that concert
0: fuck yeah i would have i'm a follower bitch i would have been <laughs> jumping up and down i'd have been fist pumping i'd have
3: i would have thrown it on my forehead i would have thrown my panties up there i would have <laughs> let him know would you
1: have chanted fuck chris barnes at the show brandon
3: i mean he's it, it, again it, it depends i mean i don't think chris barnes was taking a shot at every single metalhead, but i mean again when you go out there and, and blast these new bands look dude People have a a connection with some of these bands. And if you say, fuck, insert name of band, people are going to get mad. Some of those guys have a lyric that saved their life. And then all of a sudden, some dick's going to come along and go, oh, what you like is stupid. Oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to you, bro. Come on.
0: Yeah, and that's like, I mean, and don't get triggered here, Brandon, but I love you. But Brandon's favorite thing to react to things that he doesn't think is good is to go, you like that? Like, you said something insane. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) See that's not so, the that's not the huggable so, part. It's the other part. That's what I was the, yeah, about. exactly. Yeah yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is, look, wh- I get where he's coming from. Where it's like, you know, you listen to enough death metal and you think you know everything, and then now whenever you hear death metal, it makes you sick. That's how I feel when I listen to other podcasts. You know what I mean? It's just.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's it's there is. Uh, the world is a really tough and hard place, and metal is an escape for a lot of us. And I think anyone who tries to spit in the face of other people's escape can fuck off, in my opinion. I I second that.
1: that. I spit in my own face. I (laughs) I, I will always respect (laughs) the legacy of uh, Chris Barnes. Obviously, I'm I'm not a fan of his. Um, I couldn't imagine saying... I don't know. Fuck Chris Barnes and then singing a song um, that he wrote lyrics for the same show. Even though I am, I, I am of the corpse grinder generation, and he, uh, corpse grinder is just one of the coolest guys ever. Went, his reaction is so perfect in that video. So, but my point is, is that well, he, I, classy. I, I just, yeah, had yeah, he's classy. totally classy, absolutely. So, um, don't know if I could pull it off, but again, you know, I, I get why it happened, and it's funny. I'll yeah. tell you that right now.
3: Look, I'm not gonna say fuck Chris Barnes because again, when he's the original singer, obviously. That band wouldn't have been there without him. Like there had, he obviously was one of the the focal points of the band for them to get to where they're at right now. So it's like to say "fuck Chris Barnes" when you're at a Cannibal Corpse show, no matter what he said about the genre. I mean, it's you know you might as well just be saying "fuck Cannibal Corpse" at that point. I mean, it's like he is he is part of the foundation, and I I, I think the guy deserves his respect no matter how big of a douche he is.
0: Well, and I was going to say though is that I think that a good portion of the of the crowd chanting that though is not to say fuck you to Chris Barnes, but to say we're still here for you to the rest of Cannibal Corpse. If that makes sense. In a well, up
1: he way. was talking shit about Chris. Uh, there, there's a lot of angles, like you said, he was talking shit about Corpse Corpsegrinder because he was part of that the the roundtable that Chris Barnes made his comments on. So maybe they were defending the neck, you know, which I I totally get as well. So moving on to the next story, right? So across the metal media rock media this week there was a story about tools tour edition of fear Inoculum costing over 800 dollars, and people were really rather it seemed like upset about it now this tour edition um of this album does have autographs by all the members and some specialized artwork and i guess they're selling it at the tool merch booths right now uh as they're going across north america but um I mean, I thought that this was like, well, yeah, you're getting the autographs, all the guys at Tool. This is like a very rare collectible item. I I feel like that price tag in 30 years, you can probably sell it for a lot more because Tool is one of those bands that doesn't seem to, I don't know. I just feel all physical media, you know down the road when it's not printed anymore and these things are one of a kind collectibles items I feel like a lot of this stuff is going to have high high price tags especially if it's signed can you imagine if you had a carnivore record right now signed by Peter Steele what that price tag would probably be
0: I will say that I recently spring cleaned my house and Mm -hmm. I found my beanie babies and Mm -hmm. I did look up the value turns out they're worthless so there's no telling what will be (laughs) worth something in the future
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's how, why do I feel like that's going to be the same way when people look back on Bitcoin? You know what I mean? Like, turns out I didn't know what the hell I was spending my money on. I can see that. I
1: can see that. But that doesn't but, have a signature said- of a. Of, if you had a signature of a famous look, I'm not going to say that Maynard James Keenan is Freddie Mercury or something like that. But for right. 50 well, you years, won't
0: because that's not how you pronounce it, Freddie, <laughs> <Damn
1: it. Mucari, laughs> Freddie Mercury. I was like. M- I was like M- I don't talk- <laughs> Mercury, hour.
0: racing.
1: Mercury, <laughs> you somebody say his name. Mercury, Mercury. thank you. Mercury. I'm not Mercury. saying Maynard James Keenan ain't Freddie M from Queen. Yeah, you thank know. you, <laughs> love it. But Six 40 years eight. from now, his signed record in a package, 30 years, 20 years, is is gonna be like a baseball card, and it's probably gonna be worth more than a thousand dollars. No, we talked you
0: about we talked about this before a little bit because I was like, that's not even that trickily in my opinion. And some people might be like, Whoa, privilege. I, I don't think $850 is that expensive.
1: For $810. Don't, don't up
0: the $40 discount. Woo! Let's do this.
1: Please. Come on.
0: But you know what I'm saying? It's like, to your point, $850 for a collectible item, but this is coming from a nerd. So you have to understand, like, I have collectible cards and figurines and stuff. So it's like, hey, they're complaining about $850. I got a magic card that's worth double that. You know, right. so it's it, it, it doesn't feel like a lot to me, especially as a collector's item, especially as a collector's item for a band as iconic and genre-changing as Tool.
3: And on top of that, too, we always talk about this when it comes to Tool. Even to this day, with the internet and as much... Information that we have on these bands, there's still a level of a uh, you know mystique to that band, and the fact that they don't ever do things like this, where the band, you know, how often, how, how many pieces out there have all the bands getting Maynard's signature just by himself is damn near impossible, according to some people. So, and Tool is one of those bands where their their fans are crazy for them; they're they're frothing mad, you know. So, I think if you put out there an eight hundred and ten dollar piece of you know band equipment or whatever that's going to be signed by all the bands i think people are going to do it i don't know if you're going to get your money back but again it is a perfect gift for the tool friend tool fan in your family and you know holding on to something like that holding on a piece of rock history i mean you know it is tool the mystique happens and just like john uh, jocelyn said it is they are a genre changing band so i don't know again when you're talking about your return i don't necessarily think you're going to get 810
1: dollars back Really? Just, yeah. In time? Keep in mind, they only have five records. The way Tool Tool's set up almost differently than any other band out there, you know. where I feel like they are the, the, the collectible item type of band that stuff is going to be worth a lot. I can't really think of another, but I'm talking about from the 90s going forward. I can't think of another band collectible wise that i think is i mean it would be more. like it would
0: be like it would be not in the genre you would have to go to grunge or like even alternative like you would have to say bands like nirvana and stuff well the for pa- it to even I get mean, close
1: but those guys have passed away i guess so it's a little different like i i don't i'm not yeah, saying you're like talking a, about live yeah an alice and chain's signature with lane staley on it or kurt cobain or scott yeah. wyland jesus a lot of them died i was just about to go the chris yeah. cornell route now there's yeah anyways so uh, yeah, I'm just, to you, um, just to remind you,
0: amazing Jonathan died. Just
1: remind. Come on, he was a Vegas staple, man. I saw that guy like forty times. You know, the last time I saw him, he opened for Gallagher the Golden Nugget. Gallagher, you know the comic that hits the. Yeah, do yeah. uh, you guys? You guys threw me off. It was a great memory. Loved it. I got to. They they asked for volunteers to come on stage to hit the sledge dramatic, and uh, my wife was like, "Go, go!" And I chickened out. I wish to God I went out on stage and I hit a fucking. Really? This is, oh. magic. I didn't do it. Yeah, we, we're you like this I chickened I, out, man. He was like, "Come on, come on." I'm like, uh, "Nah." No, somebody oh, once in a
0: lifetime. I know I, I blew am it.
1: Disappointed. I, I am it. very You never told me this. I am extremely disappointed in you. And it wow. was, it was a, it was. I mean, a packed house. So I mean, this was. We're going back maybe eight years or so. I mean,
0: truthfully, truthfully, in all honesty, in the sidebar, we have lost a lot of comedy legends in the past six months.
1: Oh, I know. If, you know, growing up in Vegas, guys like Louis Anderson and. I mean, we can we can keep going down the road. I mean, but like, obviously, we're so many more than that. But just for the Vegas atmosphere, Louis Anderson. Um, I remember being a teenager and a friend of ours' dad was like a manager at Bally's, and we would go see Louis Anderson live constantly at the Bally's casino. And we're like 13, 14 years old. We're like freshmen in high school. And you and I went. We did that with George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. We did it. I did it with Dice. Um, yeah.
0: You know what? I'm starting to see why you two turned out so different. <laughs> Based on your comedic tastes as <laughs> you. Right, right. <laughs> Brandon turned into a cynical asshole because uh, he was watching Carlin, and Pete turned into a family guy because he was watching movie. Yeah,
1: first so, off, exactly. huggable, forking, cynical forking asshole. Okay, huggable, cynical asshole, Joss. Thank you. Don't just say, first of all, there is a I never of said.
0: I never said Brandon wasn't huggable, and everyone who knows me knows I love Brandon, and I would take a fucking bullet for him. I so know.
1: So don't act like I would. Ooh, that's right, and you are an amazing social media crier.
0: Amazing. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, oh got so many likes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, tears will always get you likes, I promise. <laughs> I, I think likes are, most likes come from tears and boobs. <laughs> yep. jaslyn has got both. Ew. We got none of them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you get. you be, get you no likes. See the likes when I put
1: both in the frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want those <laughs> likes, Joss. You don't want those likes. so I was like, ooh, crying boobs. I'm fucking like, like, like. No, yeah. stay away from those. Ears and boobs, yes. Boogers and ball sacks, no. It's just not gonna work. So. <laughs> you know, that's just for now. Four years from now, boogers and ball sacks will be back in. will be. We'll, you know we'll, what? American Pie and Stifflers will be in the end game. Don't worry it's about it. It's gonna make a comeback. Wait.
0: I can't wait. I love American American pie. I'm viewer. joking. If you, We're not going no, back. I, I, need going I, need back. I need it. I need it. We have to go back to
1: sex comedies. But I go, need those in my life. We got to go back to Woodstock 99. Now. <laughs> <Right Yeah>.
0: now. <laughs> I just want 40-year-old men playing high schoolers talking about how they're going to get pussy for 90 minutes again. I just want that again, just for a moment.
1: And being Sell excited it, about guys. it, though. And being excited yeah. about it. Like, it's the mm-hmm. Holy Grail. It's There's no difference between Indiana Jones and American Pie. It's just, <laughs> you know, one's looking for the Holy Grail with Sean Connery. The other one's looking for, you know...
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I actually heard I actually heard at uh, Disneyland they're gonna replace the giant boulder with a big of apple pie with a dick hole in the middle.
3: It was um, actually they're gonna replace the boulder with a stiffler's mom. So it's Jennifer
0: Coolidge is just yeah. gonna come down.
1: Yep. Like I'm coming for all the shit break. It's misinformation, guys. It's not true. Yeah. It's not true. I can't
0: hey, lie. I told you all I am the fake news capital of America, so come to me for all your fake news needs. <laughs> yeah.
3: Jocelyn's bullshit vania.
1: <laughs> bullshit vania didn't hit. Didn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> I missed it. I was like
3: kind of patting myself on the back. I was almost waiting to. I
1: was like, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. Stiffler's mom hit. But bullshit vania did not hit, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Bullshit be- bug. Before we get into the story, we got a little sad because of so many people that passed away, or the comics, all these. Wonderful uh, people that, um, you know, a lot of you guys have worked with, you know. I mean, I know how close Bob Saget was and, and all that stuff. But one of the, the guys that passed away that's a legend to, I think, our genre and might not get the full credit um, without the people that just know him. There's just these people that are, you know, untouchable, untouchable voices, stuff like that. That's Mark Lanigan I'm talking about that passed away this week at 57. Um, one of my first concerts I ever saw as a kid it wasn't my first. It was probably within top first 10 was Spin Doctors, Soul Asylums, and Screaming Trees. And uh, Screaming Trees was the opening act. And they, you know, I'm sure you guys all believe me when I say this. They they blew away Soul Asylum and Spin Doctors off that stage hard. You know, and I was like, who is that fucking band? And I went and bought a t-shirt uh, with the, it didn't even have the album. Uncle Anesthesia album cover art was the t-shirt I bought. And I think I wore that thing for the first i don't know like every you know in, in high school i'd have like you'd have like five shirts you wore every day and that was like my first year of high school like i was always wearing that uncle anesthesia shirt because it still fit me um along with my ugly kid joe whatever with the little kid with the middle finger shirt but anyways um but mark Lanigan's voice was one of those voices that you just could not explain to people you can't mimic them you can't do nothing i remember when Bubble Gun got the notoriety of his solo project, the Mark Lonegan band. I think it was like 2004, and people were talking about it again because he was on all the, all the Queens of the Stone Age records and all that stuff. But that solo project came out. It was great, and he never really left at that point. He was always around, his voice and all that stuff. So he was just such a pioneer, uh, as they said, for grunge and desert rock in the Metal Sucks article. And we lost a, a major, major important artist to, I mean hard and music, man, and so I hope... Well, honestly, yeah, we, we could credit a lot of
0: those, like, Screaming Trees, all that stuff. We can credit that and that sound to a lot of what alternative music sounds like right now. If you're paying attention to these new indie bands coming out, like, you can hear the
1: influence. 100%. 100%. When people talk about Queens of the Stone Age being this extremely and they are versatile original amazing band it's like you hear the influences from a guy like Mark Lanigan all day and I mean obviously he was involved in that band in five out of their six records He, he was on all of them um but uh yeah man big loss for us out here in the world so I hope you guys if you haven't if you don't know who he is you are going down the rabbit hole and listening um to the Screaming Trees, to his solo projects, to the Queens of the Sony's records, all that stuff. But I guarantee you, when you hear his voice, you don't forget it. The only guy, I, I, it's it's almost like a Tom Waits type of voice he's got, right? But it's like a little bit more painful. He's got an amazing voice. He was out.
0: also, he was also credit where credits due, kind of a fashion icon. I'm a bit of a fashion bug. If you don't follow me on social media, he's a bit of a fashion icon.
1: There's a lot. I mean, man. he
0: really had a he had a really signature look. He really influenced the way a lot of rock stars look, sound. I'm, it's really sad. It's just sad when you have to feel the... There's a lot... I'm, I mean, I'm sure everyone feels the absence of every person leaving, but there's few people in this world that you can be disconnected from personally but feel their absence when they leave the world.
1: And it can hit everybody like that. And, and I saw that he wrote a couple novels um, before he passed. He wrote two, and that's something I'll definitely want to check out. So everybody celebrate the life of Mark Lanigan this week um legend passed away at 57 i think that's young so unfortunate for sure but uh with that guys it's time for the bread and butter of the show guys ah always always a fun great time let's get kirk crowbar let's start our interview right now everybody what's going on petter metal sucks podcast back on the show i got kirk here we're here to celebrate the new record from crowbar my friends. zero and below it's coming out march 4th now first first uh quick question i want to ask because uh chemical gods a single came out ripper fantastic track why did you why did you decide to put the z at the end of gods actually uh there was a band uh
2: from ohio in the 70s called the gods mm. they spelled it g-o-d-z actually they're really 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 obscure like he really got a be, you know old and into your shit to, to even have heard or oh, from ohio or something i think they were like from the cleveland area or akron something i don't know but uh but I, I always loved that band and uh when i came up with gods it just it just clicked like you know what let me do it with a z
1: nice so it, it, in essence was, was the was a song it was just kind of in the moment but there's not an homage to the band in any way for that track right? no 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 no, 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 no. um uh, it was just feeling.
2: like Okay, G O D S, and I'm like, you know what? I scratch that out, and on top of it, I wrote G-O-D-Z, and I said that looks cool.
1: <laughs> Excellent, man. That is super cool, dude. And, and that's a, uh, I do want to talk about. This is a uh, technically it, it's been five and, a half, five and a half years since the serpent uh, never lies but obviously a lot has gone on in between that time so it's not just whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> but um what did you when did you start writing these songs for the crowbar uh, record was it way back when or is it something that you started a little later on
2: no we started um we got home from our the second leg of our tour with COC i think august 30 30th 30 or whatever 31st whatever fucking last day of august is and uh, <clears throat> we let's see, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. So we took, you know, basically everybody started writing riffs right away. I had a couple of ideas already, but, um, you know, we, we maybe took two weeks off or something if like that. And then we set up everything at the rehearsal room and we just started, started pounding away. So, uh, <clears throat> the most difficult thing, uh, of this record was definitely not making it. That was a blast. And, you know, it was a very easy record to, to, to make everybody had great ideas. The most difficult part is the record's been, complete and I mean when I say complete I mean recorded mixed uh, mastered turned into the label of whole nine yards since February of 2020 so we've had to kind of just be hush and sit around for two years you know uh, until we could really talk about it it's been difficult because we love the record you know and uh it's you know it, it's just been it's been hard you know of course it's hard on everyone but I mean I think we made the right choice for sure uh, not not putting it out uh, during the pandemic where we weren't able to get on the road and support it. A lot of great records came out during that, during the pandemic. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of them are kind of just forgotten because, you know, the band, I mean, nobody was out, out there, you know I mean? I mean, of course, you know, people, people are fans of certain bands and they're listening to the stuff, but I mean, nobody was on the road. Nobody was in, in the press, you know, uh, Nobody was doing anything, you know, so uh but you know I think it was definitely the right choice to just wait until until it could come out uh uh actually to wait to put it out uh when we were able to get on tour, so uh, I'm glad that we did suck it up for two years, and uh you know now it's time,
1: yeah, absolutely man, and and I agree with you. I always say on the show, um a record's like a movie to me when it first it comes out, then I get to learn it, I get the package, I get to learn the songs, and when I see it live, that's the end of the movie to see those songs. And, and now I, I'm like, now I have a memory of a year on that work you guys did. And we missed out yep. on a lot of that with the pandemic record. Or, I don't know oh, totally. You man. know, we missed out that thing. Uh, I, I I mean, we'll talk about live streaming because I was, a, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical. And then, dude, I, I loved them. I saw the Clutch Crowbar one, but I saw the Down ones, uh, both of those as well and um you as a musician i know it's not the same on any level but was that like a constellation for you guys to at least get to do that tv atmosphere live stream thing during the pandemic
2: oh absolutely because i mean i had not played with the guys since 2013 mm. and uh you know um so even though the first thing we did together was literally to a you know a, a camera crew uh and sound and lighting crew and a giant soundstage room uh with a few friends basically a few f- just family and uh and a few friends you know for, for safety reasons um you know even though it wasn't in front of a crowd it, it, it just felt great to be back playing with dudes i've been jamming with since 1991 you know so uh it w- it was great you know the first one was really great and the one we did uh last year 2021 yeah um at the Fillmore here in new orleans i mean that was that was a lot more fun because i never once i didn't even think about it being live a live stream you know i was just concentrating on wow we got a packed house and a beautiful fucking theater in downtown new orleans and this is great you know so let's jam our asses off we had a blast and it sounded great
1: man oh it was Uh, no i totally agree i was my first concert back from the pandemic was psycho vegas i'm out here in las vegas so i okay i got to see you guys on sunday night man what a day high on fire exodus you guys i mean i'll remember it forever but the wall to wall smiles man for you guys on that stage when you guys were playing that festival i felt like we all kind of had like this it was almost like this extremely happy moment just to be there man is that how it kind of felt when you first hit that fillmore in new orleans or was it a little bit like oh so you weren't rusty at all you're like i'm good to go
2: yeah i mean we we rehearse but down we actually rehearse a lot we don't rehearse with phil because he he lives like an hour and a half ish you know north of us on mm-hmm. across the lake um but you know me, me and pep and jimmy and and pat brewers uh you know we get together you know try to get together a couple times a week so if we have something going on we get together you know eight weeks out and start doing it not that we don't know the material it's just you know like i know for for a fact like myself and uh Pepper and and Jimmy, we all have kids, you know. So it's like, you know, when we're home, I mean, family is the law, and that's that's comes first, you know. So I mean, you know, taking care of the family and doing family things and all uh, comes first. So I don't really get to like if I pick up a guitar at home, it's to write something. It's not mm-hmm. to run scales or anything. I've never I've never really been like that. I've always, even when I was younger, you know, like in high school. And after high school, when I got really serious about guitar playing, I mean, I'd come home from work, take a shower um, and pick up the guitar, but I picked it up to, I'd put on records and pick out, you know, fucking Priest and Iron Maiden and Motorhead songs or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, that, that's just what I did after work. And then I had band rehearsals. We, we were a garage band. My parents were cool enough to let us do our best to soundproof the garage and let us rehearse. We rehearse Monday through Friday from five to eight for like a year, you know, learning all our cover songs and writing writing a bunch of originals. And really, in that time span, like for me, after high school, you know, I graduated at 18, like a month after my 18th birthday, is my birthday is in April. Um, you know, we we, we kind of were putting together the band, the, the, which would be the, the first real cover song band that we did. Uh, and, you know, that's when I really, I mean, I improved more from the age of 18 Really, from the age of nine, well, yeah, like nineteen to twenty, than I ever did in my whole life as a as a, as a techni- technical guitarist because I had to learn all these. You know, I mean, now I my feel my touch on the guitar, my writing, and everything like that to me is is a whole lot better. But back then, you know, when when all you you know when you got uh, a shitty little day job, unloading trucks all day, you come home and take a fucking shower, and you got nothing else going on in your life. You know now it's like you know i'm almost 57 fucking years old and you know I got a wife and you know step kids and i got my daughter and you know she lives in baton rouge but she's in that lsu right now uh, and uh you know it's just like life starts to take over man where you know a little time alone to play guitar is a is, uh, is is rare you know um so you know for us and i think you know i know it's the same with jimmy and he does i don't even think he has a drum kit at, in the house, at home, I don't, I don't know. You might, but you know, we just don't get a much of a chance. We really, we really rehearse a lot with that. We do uh, to get ready. You know, really get our chops up, and just you know, there's no reason not to. I mean, you know, we get paid well to do something we love, so it's like why not? You know, rehearse and get the stuff as as we again.
1: Yeah, man, and and is it important to have when you're writing the crowbar songs or anything? You know, even we, we're going to bring up the solo record that came out in 2020 that was well, well received. Is that isolation and kind of you being alone with that guitar almost necessary, or can you can you leave the room, come back, leave the room, come back, and stick with a riff, or do you have to be hyper focused when writing that stuff?
2: Eh, I mean, like when I write, I just I just I'll, I don't even know what I'm going to write. I just pick up pick up a guitar and start fucking around, and if it's any any good, I video myself playing it, or I have Rob and my wife, you know, video me. On my phone just so I don't forget it because a lot of the stuff gets forgotten you know really easily like I, I try to never I've been away for a long long time even back in the old days you know, I'd have my cassette recorder or whatever and uh you know I have my little practice amp and um you know if I was writing something I'd make sure to hit record because I'm bad about that like I forget a lot uh because I just write normally I just write off the cuff so to speak where I just pick up the guitar and start fucking around, and I'm like, oh, "All right, this is cool. This, you know, this is going in a cool direction. Let me, uh, you know, let me work on this thing for a bit, and then I'll, I'll just record it, and, and that's that You know, I'll go back and look at all my little videos and see what's good and what's not. So, like, everything, like, really, I would say three quarters of that solo record was written uh, in the studio. Like, I would come in with one good idea and just kind of, you know, work with Dwayne, the producer. And uh, we would, um, you know, he'd help me out a bit and, and like, no, why don't you try this instead? Okay, cool, whatever. And a lot of the stuff was written right there. I, I had some rough ideas, but really a lot of the stuff. I love doing it that way. Um, you know, I used to be a stickler for like every single part being written and every single part being rehearsed. And all. But even on, on the new record, I mean, a couple of songs like uh, the, the title track, Zero Below, a lot of that was written on the spot in the studio i just i came up you know with, i had like one idea and uh it it, it ended up being oh you know being an entire song same with track seven uh it's always worth the gain it was kind of written on the spot right in the studio and, and uh, i like like doing that it that way i mean the, the spontaneity of it is is a is a good thing you know it, it's kind of it, it keeps it exciting it keeps you on your toes a little bit um it's kind of like a, you know, a uh, quarterback calling an audible at the line or whatever, you know, like on a, on a big fourth and one or some shit, you know. All right, change up the, change up the play here, and it's kind of like I, I like I like that, that spontaneity. I, it, it it really lends to, to creativity, you know, in my opinion.
1: No, I, I like I think there's a there's an organic nature you can feel you just brought up the final track and the title track zero and below on um, the latest record guys one more time zero and below is coming out march 4th you guys make sure you're pre-ordering it the riff the first song that hits me hard man right away i'm like oh this is what i needed is the fear that binds you i wanted to talk to you a little bit about lyrical content on the record and fear is something that is motivating for a lot of us but it can also cripple us man what fears do you think you beat to get to where you are in your career, maybe that you had early on?
2: I mean, one thing I'll say, I mean, I've suffered anxiety most of my life. And I'm on anti-anxiety medication. I've been since the late 90s. But, um, you know, that aside, other than anxiety, uh, I've I've really never been. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think I believe in myself enough. And a lot of times people are like, do you have any advice for young mu- musicians? And I'm like, well, I would say the most important thing is, and I don't mean just believing yourself. I mean, like, you're not taking no for an answer. You're determined that you can make this happen, you know? Um, that you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, form a good band or be in a good band and you're gonna make this thing happen, you know? Where, where I mean, by no means, you know, I'm not, uh, rich or am I fucking a rock star or anything like that, but I'm able to make a nice living doing what I love to do. And that's, that's the most important thing in the world. Um, and you know, uh, I don't think I think that fear for me. Uh, yeah, it's scary. I mean, it's really scary when you're young, when you're not making any money, and you don't know what's going to happen it's down the road. But you can't worry about that. You know, I told myself, look, you're past the point of no return. That, that, this is it. There's, there's no there's no end. There's no there's no uh, quitting. There's no giving up. You're going to do this until you succeed. You know, and uh, that. That was, you know, I just think my determination to uh, to do what I set out to do was was a, a big thing. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot that I fear in life. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've really been trying to watch my health lately, and uh, that's a big, you know, of course, number one, without health, you ain't got shit. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, um, really, uh, I mean, I, there's not a whole lot that I fear. You know, I mean, uh, I, as long as my as myself and my family are uh, healthy and safe, and I'm I'm happy as can be.
1: Nice, man. Yeah, that peacefulness and, and finding something you love, I, I'm all about it. Now, we were talking a little bit about spontaneity when you're writing music. The history behind, you know, a record that's going to celebrate its 20th anniversary. That's down too um, is a spontaneous record. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you guys wrote it in, in 28 days, if I'm not mistaken, and just kind of all, all off the cuff. Is that correct? yes it is
2: i mean there was you know everyone might have had a river to here and there but we hadn't sat together in a room and um uh, and did it yeah
1: and <laughs> and uh we're talking live streams and all that success stuff but do you feel that that's something you guys would want to play in its entirety for the fan base in any format in this upcoming year to celebrate that 20th anniversary
2: um i mean personally i would like to pick up some more songs up and down too i mean we do the Mississippi we did pick up the Seed, and we did pick up NOD for um, for the live you know, the New Orleans show uh, and which the Fillmore show, which was also you know a live stream of course. Um, so I mean that, that was that was cool. Uh, I would like there's a couple other songs off of down too I would like to pick up and when we did that tour for that album in 2002 mm. uh, we really you know we did a lot of stuff off, off of that record. And, um, you know, it, it was great. It was fun to play. Um, it's a very dynamic record, you know, very diverse from song to song. Uh, and that's one of the things I love about it. And I didn't even, I forgot, I didn't even realize it's its 20 year anniversary this year. of that. So that, that and that's a killer record, you know, it, it really is. I think it's kind <clears> of, <throat> personally, I think it's kind of, I won't say underrated, it's just, you know, you really can't top NOLA, but uh especially as a fan favorite um it was just something very special about the nola record but um you know i think down two is, is amazing as well
1: yeah as a fan i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you a hundred percent um all all the all the catalog from down that's one thing about your career is consistency man 12 records from crowbar i can't think of one that i'm not excited to listen to if i if i get my hands awesome. on it when i go to my my selection and same awesome. with down. Obviously, Dream in Motion. We're talking about the solo record, which took about two years, right? A lot of those songs for you to record. That wasn't something that was a, a an easy process. That was a much harder process than a lot of the other records you did. Is that correct? Um, I mean, it, it was harder in the sense that you know it was just me and Dwayne, and um,
2: uh, you know, the time, the working schedule, the time schedule of it was um was you know like I might come in. You know, but like say I get a month off between tours, you know, I'd come in and knock out, you know, a song, you know, or something, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we'd only get together once a week or so. you know, it it was, it was really a very, there was no time limit, no, anything It was a very relaxed, uh, atmosphere, you know, we just really chill, uh, and, uh, you know, just a creative, you know, I just felt really creative doing it because Really taking that time off. I mean, there's two ways to do it that I think are great. And I think the way we did the Down Two record was fantastic, where we literally lived together and shit was going on almost 24-7 as far as tracking, you know, whether it be guitars, bass, vocals, whatever. Once the drum tracks were done, you know, we were, you know, we, we'd we literally finish putting these songs together and arranging them at three o'clock in the morning. And at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, I, I pretty much live with, with Pepper in the uh above the studio. You know, he's cooking cooking breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning. You know, of course we got hangovers and you know, we're downstairs tracking
1: shit, man. So Yeah, man. And and one thing I do I did a lot of tours and I wanna bring this up too. A lot of tours, man, got cancelled. We are so lucky that you guys, Sacred Rice, right, Sepultura art of shock all kept this tour postponed for us we finally got it rescheduled i think this is the third time if i'm not mistaken but it- i
2: think you're probably right i mean i know that we were scheduled to leave march march 12th of 2020 yeah and that's the day that we found out that it was canceled you know uh postponed whatever Yeah. <laughs> indefinitely um so you know it, it was tough man you know but You know, I mean, uh, I'm a firm believer in, you know, uh, the past is the past. Yesterday, I always always say, I always use uh, Phil's uh, famous quote, Yesterday don't mean shit, and it's the truth. So, you know, we can't change any of that stuff. It's the past. You know, in in general, dude, I mean, everything's going killer. I'm just, I'm happy that we can do this this tour. Um, And, um, you know, it's, 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 been tough i'm not gonna lie but you know what in the the end it's it's worth worth the wait uh it really is i mean we're super psyched and i I think that everything's gonna gonna be cool you know hopefully it's not just wishful thinking but i try to be the eternal optimist but i'm also a realist you know but i want to be you know optimistic about it i mean i mean for me personally i mean like all of us are fully vaccinated and i've i got it and uh i got it coming home from the tour we did with municipal waste so did tommy buckley our drummer mm. so i mean i'm fully vaccinated and i should have antibodies. so you know if i if i take uh, all the precautions i'm supposed to you know i think i'll be fine you know and all all of us will for that matter and all the bands so uh you know it's just that's a, it's a matter of just just doing what you got to do um and you know to make it happen we waited this long let's not fuck it up now
1: you know? yeah and, and i agree and a lot, a lot of tours have uh Gone through did great you guys are starting this one march 4th same time the record comes out the package is so excellent so i'm so happy it did get to stay together now when when you were prepping though i mean like a tour like this merch all that stuff did you guys have all that in advance uh, in advance for that show and now how did that work out do you just did you have to hang on to it for two years to come do this package or did you actually get I, I like the preparation for the tour when it got stopped last time. How did that affect us? Well, it? Oh, it, it was a fucking nightmare. Oh. I mean,
2: we had, we had 23 boxes of merchandise delivered to our house the day before we left. And uh, our driver had flown to Indiana. and was on his way back to New Orleans with the bandwagon uh, bus that we use. And uh, I called him and I said, dude, you're not going to believe this. He's like, it's canceled. I said, yep said, so come on home to New Orleans, get some sleep, turn around, go back to Indiana, Indiana Indianapolis, uh, and we'll get you another flight coming, you know, we'll get your flight coming home before they shut all this flying shit down. Man, And, uh, and we did, you know, and, and luckily um, uh, with Jimmy Josta helping us out, he managed his crowbar, uh, we were able to, uh, you know, ship a lot of stuff to him and we were able to sell a lot of the you other know, stuff online ourselves just you know through our facebook pages or whatever with you know paypal and venmo and whatnot um and get rid of you know get rid of the majority of merchandise at least to make a little bit of money and to pay pay the bill you know i mean it's tough when you know we had a lot of startup expenses a lot of startup expenses for for a tour and it just got blown out you know that david was supposed to fucking leave basically Man. So it, it was a fucking nightmare. But you know what? You know, like I said, we can't we can't change it. All we can do is be excited, you know, be happy, feel blessed, and we're able to, to do the, the, the tour, the upcoming tour, and uh just get out there and, 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 and fucking kill it, you
1: know. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome, man. We get you in North America first and then you guys are going back out to Europe. I, I didn't check the dates, but I believe it was in the fall of next year. Yeah, it is. and, and we're you know, we're
2: hoping, we're cautiously optimistic, but we're hoping that everything's okay um, with that in 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 the fall in Europe. I mean, Europe's kind of yeah. in a different boat than we are right now. So, like for us, everything has been um, has been pushed to 2023 as far as crowbar, because it's just it's too it's a situation where it's just too expensive, you know, for a band like us who lives on a you know it's a DIY uh, organization, you know, whatever you want to call it, business. Uh, and, you know, we, we really have to, you know, watch every, every penny, uh, in order to, you know, to, to make a living and make make ends meet with this thing. So, um, you know, I mean, we, we, can't afford to, to book plane tickets to, to Europe and all this kind of stuff and get all these startup costs going and all that kind of, I mean, the bigger bands can do it because, you know, they have the money, but I mean, a band like Crowbar, there's no way we can afford to, uh, to have the rug pulled out from under
1: us uh, at the 11th hour, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then the festival circuit out there in Europe, I don't even know, is it currently all postponed? I haven't been paying attention to that, but that's usually I mean, something that, that, that uh, is great, right?
2: Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it's one of my favorite things is going to Europe every summer a few times. But, um, you know, I mean, I I don't know. It's, to me, it, it's 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 one of those things where, if, if it's up in the air, why would you really, you know, why would you really go through with trying to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like for us, it, it's a no-brainer. It's like we just simply cannot afford to lose the money or have to, like, they may say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll honor your flights, uh, you know, um, next year or whatever. But, uh, you know, when the f- flights are paid for on an Amex card that needs to be paid at the end of the month, the money's got to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you know, so completely right. I mean, this there's always there's always a new uh, avenue to the business side of this stuff, man. And this is definitely something that we're learning some lessons, some hard lessons. But these lessons uh, are probably going to be beneficial for the long run. I I agree.
2: I mean, I'm one of those firm believers in everything happens for a reason. I have no idea why
1: this happened,
2: you know. But you know what? It, It all it does is make me appreciate what I got that much more, and that and that's that's a great thing, you know
1: absolutely man and i'll tell you right now i want to remind the fans what i appreciate that's your 12th record by crowbar man zero and below is coming out guys march 4th it is excellent these 10 songs every time i listen a new riff is stuck in my head new lyrics awesome. that i i, I just want to scream oh bro yeah you guys i'm, I'm telling you I, I missed it i missed the uh, you know Like, uh, the solo record was, you know, clearly you, but there's a little, it's just, you know, it sounds a little different than the crowbar style, you know? Oh, totally, totally. and, uh, And that's a good thing. That's a positive thing as well. Now, because this record was written, like you said, back at the end of 2019, I'm assuming that you guys have been working on other material. Now, obviously, I don't need nothing new right now. But the big question here was doing the tours with Down, all that stuff. Is, have you guys worked on any material as far as the Down project goes while you guys were doing um, the tours?
2: Well, as far for, for Crowbar, I'll speak with mm-hmm. first and foremost. Um, you know, our, our intentions are as soon as this Sepultura tour is complete, we will begin writing the next Crowbar album. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, by, the, by the time the, the tour is over, you know, and, uh, the album will only have been out for five weeks so we can take our sweet time and make another killer record. Um, but, uh, as far as down, I mean, there's no plans for new music. The only plan plan we have for down is, is like, we figured the easiest thing to do because for whatever reason, writing music to down ends up being a long, you know, uh, a long, long process. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, um, what we do come out with is great, but, you know, we feel like it's the easiest thing we can do. We're going to do like a six song, uh, cover song ep and pick a bunch of like six old obscure songs and kind of redo them and make them our own tunes and put that out as, as a at least it's down music you know mm-hmm. um it's just it's just not time i mean right now to try to write write an album or even an ep um it's more uh you know i, I think it's the, the best route we can take and um we've got got some good ideas on some very obscure songs some of them i've never even really heard uh, some of the guys picked out, but they're great tunes and it, it, it'll be, you know, for most of the fans, you it, know, we're going to try to trick these things up and make it, make it our own, uh, you know, make it sound like down. So, uh, that's plans for down. and with Crowbar, like I said, uh, as soon as we return from this tour, it's, it's writing mode because we really don't know, you know, we're just right now we, you know, we got our fingers crossed, uh, positive vibes, saying our prayers, whatever that, um, you know, that everything's going to, going to go uh, smooth and fine. We're going to complete this tour and it's going to be successful. And then looking past that, uh, you know, right now, it's, it's uh, I don't even know what's, what's on the table for us as far as what we're going to do. We're going to do what we can, you know, but of course, it'll be here in the States and then we're hoping that the fall uh, of, of this of this year we'll, we'll be able to do the tour sacred Reich thing uh, in
1: Europe. Yeah, dude. No, that's exciting. That's extremely exciting news that there's there's still more crowbar music that's gonna be written in 2022. That's that's awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, we should.
2: You know, we should pretty much. You know, if we start writing, Jesus in April. I mean, you know, we'll be we'll be completely done. Of course, I would I would think. Depending on how much we can or cannot, you know, tour, we'll be done. Um, you know, by the end of the year and ready to hit the studio um, next year and. You know, by the time it's all done and blah 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 blah. I mean, these days with like post COVID or, or during COVID, I should say, you know, just getting vinyl pressed and shit like this takes like six fucking months now. You know, so it's the lead the lead time for a record used to be twelve weeks. Now it's like six months because vinyl is actually outselling uh, CDs, or it's you know, like so that that which is a great thing to me. It's mm-hmm. physical, you know, physical uh, copy that's being bought and so i mean at least at least with crowbar and i would think it's the norm with everyone um, you know every every vinyl that we have comes with uh, a free digital download so you get the best of both worlds purchase, purchase a vinyl so um but yeah man so that's kind of what we got going on you know we're just cautiously optimistic with the Sepulchre sacred rank and we'll just take it from there you know just like i say one one step at a time we don't want to look you know, too far in, into the future, It's just let's see
1: how this goes. and Let's see what's what's up next. Absolutely, man. So with that, I got, I'm going to ask one quick question because I know my time's yeah, right sure. now, but I got to promote it one more time. Everybody, do not, do not miss out. The latest record from Crowbar, Zero and Below. It's coming out March 4th. And North American fans, pick up tickets, pick up merch. Dude, please go to the show. It's going to be awesome. Dude, Sepultura, Crowbar, Sacred Rite, Art of Shark, starting March 4th as well. Running five weeks through North America. Last question I got for you, Kirk. As I said, I am a big fan of these live streams. A lot of bands have done these live streams where they're doing deep cuts, you know, that they can't play on tour, right? right? And I was thinking, man, Crowbar with some deep cuts on a live stream would be an exciting prospect. But what are your thoughts on going back and learning some of those old songs that you love but you haven't played in like decades at this point?
2: I mean, we actually did that because we did, we did the the first live stream we did was with Clutch. Yeah. And that was pretty much, you know, kind of our normal set, so to speak. Uh, But, you know, we did on on the second, third live streams, we went and picked up some old stuff that we hadn't done in forever. um, Or even at all. I mean, you got to realize, I mean, Tommy Buckley's been in a fucking band uh, going on 18 years. Matt's been in. He, he doesn't think he's been in as long as he has, but he has because I know Steve Gibb left in 2006 so he he had filled in for Steve Steve was unable to make a trip up to uh, Connecticut for fly dates uh, with with April and uh Matt filled in and then Steve came back and then just was unable to do it any longer so uh, really at some point in 2006 I don't know when, but that was when Matt uh, you know became a permanent member so. I mean, you look at it that way, man, it's it's a long fucking time with, with me, Tommy, and that. Um, you know, people are, for some reason it's, it's just been the bass player, you know, slot for a while. It was a drummer. It was back and forth between Jimmy Bauer and Craig Nudemacher. and then you know we ended up uh, you know with Tommy Buckley. It just got to the point where Tommy was like, "Yep," and that was in 2004. So uh, you know, uh, and yeah, that that's that.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's you're right, dude. It's a lot it's a lot more solid than people think. We're going all the way back to life life's blood for the downtrend and what a record. Oh that, that's that's yeah, I don't know, man. Every time I revisit, I just get really happy, Kirk. So anyways, you've been a part of my life, man, for like thirty years, dude. You know, I'm forty and uh to hear that, bro. I'm just super happy to celebrate the new record, Zero and Blow. It's coming out March fourth, man. With that, Good luck. I'm, I'm a very optimistic person about this tour as well. It's going to be awesome, dude. But I want to thank you so much once again for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast, man.
2: Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. podcast. Sucks podcast.
3: If you down, bow
2: to your knees.
3: Before you rise, the black machine.
2: The We dance the
1: All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, both tracks that you heard are off of the latest record, Zero and Below. It's coming out March 1st. First song is called Chemical Gods. Second song, Bleeding from Every Hole. Make sure you are pre-ordering this album, guys. It's crowbar. It's fucking on point. It's awesome. Some of these riffs, I'm telling you, there's 10 tracks. Each riff gets stuck in my head. Every fucking time I listen, there's a new one. These guys knocked it out of the park. Make sure you're picking up Zero and Below. Third song you guys heard is from a band called Friends of Hell. And their self-titled record, Friends of Hell, is coming out March 18th. Guys, the song you heard, also called Friends of Hell. Dude, I'm digging this record a ton, so make sure if you guys haven't checked them out, Friends of Hell's new record, March 18th, is coming out. That's the third song you heard. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews you guys keep giving us on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. We truly appreciate you guys. All we ask for as a podcast team is if you got the time, go to that Apple iTunes, hit five stars for us. That's it. We don't need comments. We don't need words. If you want to do it, go right ahead. Doesn't matter. We just like to see that number grow. And we also want to thank everybody for supporting our other podcast, the Documentary Discussion Podcast, Rise to Offend. We've done so many different topics over 100 episodes. Um, we've done one on Phil Anselmo, obviously, uh, where we probably used a, a audio from Kirk on that episode when we were talking about Down. So it was a six-hour episode on a documentary on Phil, documentary we did on Marilyn Manson, Peter Steele, um, Chuck Schuldner. We try to do everybody we can, and then obviously some non-metal people uh, as you guys go. But if you haven't checked out Rise to Offend, make sure you guys do. All those episodes are up right now. And with that, my friends, make sure you are catching my co-hosts when they're doing comedy shows. Jocelyn's going on the road. Jocelyn, plug some dates so these people can come see you in person.
0: All right. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. That's where all the ticket links are. So that's at Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, Sharp with a Sharp Knife, or just go to jocelynsharp.com. You can also go to wizardofjaws.com now. So I also have that. But uh, March 24th, I'll be in Denver. This is a really great show. I'm super excited to be supporting these indie producers out there. So if you're in the Denver area, please come out to that show. March, I'm sorry, April 9th, I'll be at Laugh After Dark on Fremont Street in Las Vegas. March 24th through 30th, I will be all over Denver. I got seven shows so far and there's more being added. So if you follow me, you'll be able to find out where to see me there if you're in the Colorado area. Uh, May 20th through 22nd, I'll be at Laugh's Unlimited in Sacramento. May 28th, I'll be at The Space in Las Vegas. And then July 8th and 9th, I'll be in Idaho Falls uh, July 15th through 17th. I'll be in Colorado Springs. And uh, I'm adding more dates now. So please follow me. Come see me. I promise we'll have a good time.
1: Yes. And she'll take a picture with you. I will. She will. I will
0: make you. Uh, I'm self- If you say you like metal sucks, I will make you.
1: She'll make you take a picture. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon will also take a picture with you. Yeah, sure. Why not? Throw it in there, man. He's he's, he's, he's he's cool with people walking up to him and say, hey, can I take a photo? He's got no problem hey, with that
3: man. Yeah, yeah. Man.
1: Super friendly when people do that. Yeah. When people are like, I'm hey, Brandon, Brandon, I listen to Metal Sucks. You're like, take a fucking picture with me, man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like,
0: hey, bro. You and me. Let's make a memory. Usually when people talk to Brandon in public, it startles him like a squirrel.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm very jump. I'm like, yeah. I, I, think, I think I'm going out. I, I, I'm just terrified of Mark David Chapman type <laughs> shit. I mean, I'm did you just did you just compare yourself to John Lennon?
0: John Lennon? Whatever. John Lennon?
3: Hey, he, if, he, if, they, if, if, if he were alive today, he'd
0: have a podcast. You are the John Lennon of this podcast. Thank Lennon.
3: you Good very call. much. I don't, I
1: don't think Yoko would allow it. Anyways, all right, guys, until next week. <laughs>
2: the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.